0: There was an article a couple of weeks ago that uh, Bloomberg picked up on that that really got a lot of traction. I heard from people all over the country talking about this, and what it did is it is it tied together all of the in-migration in North Texas from financial firms. I mean, we know J.P. Morgan Chase has over fifteen thousand employees here already. Goldman Sachs has a new headquarters down by the Perot. Bank of America's uh, putting in a, a new high-rise. Wells Fargo. It really has grown. fishery located here. Uh, Colin Clark is director of the Bush Institute, uh, SMU Economic Growth Initiative, adjunct professor of economics at SMU and at the George W. Bush Presidential Center. And he keeps up with such things, too. And we thought we'd invite him on. It's good to have you with us.
1: Thanks for having me, David. Good to be with you, and happy so, New Year.
0: And to you. So you're a lifelong North Texan. You've watched this this evolution, and and it was interesting to see that article. Kind of put everything together, and all of a sudden you realize the the financial focus that's taking place here. Yeah, it's
1: really been quite uh, remarkable um, to see just how much movement there's been. I think there's there's two big things that have come together, David. Uh, one is just a huge movement of people and business really away from the coasts and from the Midwest and so forth and into major cities of the Sun Belt. Dallas is not alone there. Houston, Austin, Atlanta, Charlotte, others have thrived as well. But a second thing that's happened is there's a certain economic logic in which it just makes sense for some industries to concentrate in a small number of places. Once you have a pool of talent, if there's enough firms that are already in a place, it makes sense for the next firm to choose that place. And that was maybe one of the major reasons why New York became America's leading financial center 200 plus years ago. So as there's been this movement to the Sunbelt, you could say maybe the first couple of financial institutions that picked Dallas, well, well, it was happenstance. They might have picked Austin, they might have picked Phoenix, uh, whatever. But once enough did so, uh, you start to see a, a situation arise in which we have at least the third best and possibly the second best collection of financial talent in one place in the United States. And, and, and the success
0: of to- begets success because if you're outside and you're looking for a job in that area, logically, you would move here because you've got you know, a larger playing field.
1: Absolutely. I mean, when you see that every big firm in sight, all the ones you mentioned, um, uh, regional, what well, we used to call regional banks from other regions of the United States, all wanting to build up their Sunbelt or Texas presence are all rapidly hiring in in in, in uh, the Dallas area, money management firms like Fisher and Schwab. And so just across the whole uh, industry, insurance like State Farm and Liberty Mutual, um, all doing so much hiring. Yeah, this is the the Dallas area is the probably the best place to look for a job in finance at almost any level. Uh, of the organization and any skill set uh, in the United States.
0: Well, and they they tend to be better paying jobs too. Uh, overall, the 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 starting salaries uh, are much better. and that that helps the community.
1: Well, of course it does. Um, yeah, I think that um, uh, a couple decades ago, I think maybe critics of the Texas model might have said, well, if they're growing, they're growing in a quote, low quality, unquote, way, right? They're growing in a way that maybe is a race to the bottom, create like low paying jobs. The critics cannot possibly say that anymore, <laughs> given the influx of finance as well as tech jobs and other um, big corporate uh, jobs across uh, across a number of sectors. Uh, so yeah, we're creating a lot of really good jobs that are very likely here to stay. When you hear Jamie Dimon, or David Solomon, the head of Goldman Sachs, talk about uh, the inflection points at which there will be more people working for their firms in the state of Texas than in the state of New York. With Dallas-Fort Worth by far the biggest, uh, the biggest Texas center, uh, those ships aren't gonna aren't gonna turn. We're gonna stay on this track for well, a long time to come. I think they're not,
0: but I mean, you gotta, you you got, you know, we're taking from others, so they're losing, and so we don't want to. Uh, duplicate the the mistakes, perhaps that that were made elsewhere, and one of the things that actually Jamie Dimon has brought up is talking about the Attorney General's office uh, putting this financial test to the financials. You know, saying if you're going to do business in Texas, then you've got to be friendly to the oil and gas industry. They've taken on Bank of America and J.P. Morgan Chase and and others. Is this the sort of thing that could arrest this development?
1: I think, David, when you, I, I think what the financial sector wants is not so different from what business in any sector wants. It wants to have be, to have a good place to do business, and that generally means it doesn't want to have to cater to the political ideologies of right or left, or anybody else for that matter. Um, so we live, unfortunately, in a time of great polarization, we all know, and we live in a time when political forces of both sides very much want to, if you will, uh, force the business sector and very much prominently the banking sector to, in a sense, do their bidding. Um, and, and wherever those forces are strongest, that's going to be a force that repels business. Now, I think it's important to recognize that wherever banks go, wherever large companies go in the United States, they confront these pressures. So the question is not um, whether Texas in a vacuum uh, is at risk of sort of messing things up. I think the larger question is, how does Texas rank relative to all the other possible places to do business in this respect? No, well, you don't want to and, just be
0: the cleanest, dirty shirt, do you? Well, no, no,
1: of course, of course that's not uh, that's not the ideal outcome from a Texas point of view. But I think it's important to note uh, that. Uh, banks are under plenty big po- political pressures in the state of New York and in the state of California. Uh, when you ask them, uh, what's it really like doing business there? They're not going to say, oh, that's a place where it's wonderful to do business, uh, including free from all kinds of political pressures. Whereas in Texas, they come under all kinds of you know really difficult pressures. They come under pressures everywhere. They're trying to navigate a very, very complex, difficult political environment these days. Uh, and as of right now, the evidence suggests they keep moving to Texas, even though, of course, they don't like the political pressures here any more than they like them anyplace else.
0: All right. So we've got a reputation, deservedly, of being an affordable place to, to live and to do business. And indeed, the salaries, while elevated above all salaries are, for these financials, are still well below what they have to pay in New York. But part of that's because sure. housing costs and everything else are lower. It looks to me like we're beginning to catch up. It's true. Uh, I would
1: argue that if if there's a single factor, well, let me put it this way. If there are two factors that undermine, uh, that potentially could undermine the Texas miracle and slow the movement of people and businesses, um, I don't think, I wouldn't put politics among those two. I would, I would put housing and education. Um, On the housing front, uh, it's true that we have seen, as every Texan knows, explosive increases in housing prices. Uh, It used to be that the Dallas-Fort Worth area was relatively affordable, even compared to places in, say, the Midwest, uh, around the middle parts of the country. Now, we're easily more expensive than any place in the middle part of the country. But the good news from a Texas point of view is that prices have exploded upwards over the last uh, decade in the Northeast and on the West Coast as well. So our edge relative to those places continues to be pretty good, but we could blow it, if we don't do a good job on the housing front, on the education front, of course, there's always the question here and everywhere, uh, which places will build the workforce that is ready to do mid 21st century work in a very, very technologically uh, sophisticated mm. setting, which certainly applies to the financial sector. Uh, we are in a competition there, whether we know it or, or, or not. Uh, and, um, you know, we're, we, we got a long ways, a lot of work to do on that front.
0: So we're still on under- the trajectory, I guess, as we've talked about in the past to, to pass Chicago, not only in financial hiring, but also in, in overall population, become the third largest uh, metropolitan area, you know, in the United States of America. Um, infrastructure, you know, is is critical to something like that. I We had uh, the head of the tollway, uh, north, Alice, north Texas Tollway Association on the other day. And they're moving further north. But that sort of infrastructure uh, is critical to this sort of thing, isn't it? To keep the, keep the growth going. I,
1: I couldn't I couldn't agree more. Um, one of the great strengths of the Dallas Fort Worth area and the other big metropolitan areas in our state has been that we ha- we do have a history of successfully building out most kinds of physical infrastructure ahead of growth. We built out the road networks, the water and sewers, and power lines, and so forth. And so when developers have gone to build out the next further out suburban master plan development, the infrastructure has been there in a way that you can't take for granted in a lot of other parts of the of the United States. So that's been a big success story. Uh, But we can't rest on our laurels because it's real likely that if this growth continues, um, David, and if a whole lot of people keep coming in as the demographers forecast, they will. That most of that growth is going to take place on the outer edge of our metropolitan areas, which is why the toll road wants to build further out to, you know, past Prosper and Salina and so forth into Grayson County. Um, uh, That's where it's going to take place. And um, a lot of that infrastructure work is still ahead. So we just have to do that work. I'm actually optimistic that we will because we have such a record of success at it. And I think the forces that want to make that growth into Texas succeed are strong in our state. Uh, So I'm optimistic. But yeah, lots of work to do. We got lots of work to do on the waterfront.
0: So is this something we want? I mean, it it may be inevitable. Maybe that's going to happen anyway. But is this something to which we should aspire? That is to say, becoming the third largest metropolitan area in the United States and passing Chicago?
1: You know, I get that question a lot. And it's a very interesting philosophical question. Um, I would not say necessarily that, that big is better than small. Okay. But I would say that the things you do when you want to grow are generally good things. Okay. The, the net result may result in bigness and extreme bigness may present its own, does present its own challenges. But if you want to grow, you pursue policies that are attractive to people. Attractive to people who are making choices about where to go. For example, um, if place suburban communities on the outer edge of the Dallas-Fort Worth area want to attract people, they will go the extra mile to build the really good amenities, to build great new schools, uh, to do things that are good for the people who already live there and the people who will yet move there. And so... Uh, So I think the growth mindset in our area is undoubtedly a good thing. The bigness as such is a double-edged sword with both advantages and disadvantages. It certainly has advantages as we've created a population of many talented people from all over the United States and all over the world with a vast range of talents and cultures and everything else. It's, I think, made North Texas an ever more interesting, culturally compelling place to live. That's a plus. The minus is very big places tend to have traffic congestion and other other, um, challenges of large size. So we're going to be uh, managing those challenges. I will say we have, in my judgment, David, a little bit of a possibly a moment here to catch our breath and plan a little bit for the future because this period of high interest rates that we've had probably is slowing the inflow a little bit, just giving us a chance to maybe get ahead of it. But I think that's just a moment in time, and the growth is likely to continue at a rapid clip for quite a few years to come. So, um, you know, like I said, I hope that this growth mindset we have does, in fact, translate into building great schools and great infrastructure and great uh, parks and trails and everything else that will uh, make it a high quality place to live.
0: Colin, my, my sense is you and I have something in common, which is it's fun to sit back and watch this <laughs> and see, see how it plays out because so far it's, it's been it, pretty good.
1: It couldn't, it couldn't be more fun. I, I, you know, I live in the city of Dallas, David, but I love just traveling all over the area and just seeing what people are doing. There's an enormous, explosion of creativity uh across the communities of North Texas as people figure out well what do they want their town or their neighborhood to be. Um there's a great remaking of the of the place. And it's, you know, when when you have all kinds of experimentation, you're gonna like some results and not like other results. But the net result is certainly interesting. It's fun to watch. It's exciting. Uh we're building something that I think is distinctive and special here on the plains in North Texas. Uh and I look forward to watching it in the years to come.
0: Yeah, I, I, and I think we got a w- ways to go. Colin Clark's director of the Bush Institute, S C V U Economic Growth Initiative. We all enjoy, always enjoy our conversations. Thank you very much. Sir. Have a good year.
1: Thank you, David. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks a lot. For more of a conversation, go to krld.com slash CEO. David Johnson, News Radio Today, KRLD.